When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What is good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. We are back here on a Sunday. It's your boy, Tony, and what a week we had of football. We had, obviously, the Champions League, the Europa League, and a good week of Premier League. And you know what? Let's start off with the Champions League because that is the biggest clubbing, uh, biggest competition in club football. First off, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. The game finished 3-1. At the, um, I was going to call it, it wasn't at the Bernabeu, it was at the um, their training ground. But anyway, finished 3-1, Vinicius got two, Trent had a disaster class, and but then again he scored yesterday, but we'll get on to that. Can I see Liverpool coming back? No. Reason is, one, they don't have that Anfield tax, and I'm going to say Anfield tax because you know how last season when they're like, oh, they've got to come back to Anfield and the fans. And I've never played at Anfield, but you know, on a European night, Anfield is rocking. And there's some players in that Real Madrid team that might not have the bottle, that might have not experienced something like Anfield. However, there are no fans. So I really don't see Liverpool scoring two, maybe even Liverpool score two, which they're more than capable of. However, they have to do that without conceding. And I'm sorry that defence at the moment is conceding to everyone. So really and truly, I see Real Madrid going through this. But we'll we'll see. Um, big up to Vinicius Jr., though, finally living up to the hype that he was um, brought in for. But then again, he was against Trent. Do I give him some 
Trent tax because, you know, I've seen everyone mash up Trent down that right-hand side or down that left-hand side, sorry. So um, I'm not reading too much into it. Obviously, it was the first goal, pure class. The touch, the finish, pure class. Like, that's something you can't teach, in my opinion. The second goal was a bit lucky. Alisson maybe should have done better. But, um, yeah, Vinicius looked good. But then again, you've got to, like, take into consideration the Trent tax. Like, obviously, Trent didn't have the greatest of games, but... You know, it is what it is. Um, next for our English clubs in the Champions League, we had Chelsea. Now, um, oh, let's go to Man City first. Well, we had Man City. Man City 1-2-1. Um, Foden with the winner. It was a weird one because obviously Bellingham could have scored a massive Champions League goal in England as a 17-year-old. That would have been amazing for him in his career and the hype that he's going through. But for some reason, it was ruled a foul. It wasn't a foul. He completely won the ball, but... And you know what's mad? I was talking to um, who was I talking to? Because remember they had a who was it? Cancelo. Okay, I can't tell you who I was talking to, right? But I was talking to an ex Man City player, and he was like, obviously pro Man City, and he was like, oh yeah, um, it's it's a foul. If I kick you there, it's a foul. I was thinking, nah, bro, like you played the professional game. I know you and I both. I told him you and I. If that happens to you. That's not a foul. Like, yes, it hurts, but I think he won the ball fair and square. Do I see City going through the tie still? Yes, only because I feel like Dortmund didn't offer as much. Obviously, they got that equaliser, good link-up play by Haaland and Royce, and then Foden got the winner. Dortmund can still win. They can still go and score a goal. However, what we need to realise is that City can get that away goal and Dortmund only got one away goal so Dortmund are gonna Dortmund are gonna have to like sharp shop score one sharp shop and not let City score which is quite hard to say the least but who knows if I had to give a prediction I would still say Man City go through in that um into the semi-finals but we'll see this week in regards to Chelsea, a good performance by Chelsea. I feel like I did say this on the last episode. Everyone knew Chelsea was going to win. Obviously, Porto are not a bad side, but they're not the greatest side. Um, everyone was saying that was a world-class finish by Mason Mount or world-class for him to like, score against Porto in the Champions League. It wasn't world-class. I feel like we're using that term very loosely now. Um, um, for people that know me, I'm not a critic of Mason Mount. I just don't get the hype. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad player, and I think he's a bit overrated. And I, I always say, when I when I always talk about overrated, overrated doesn't mean they're bad. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a good player. I feel like people just rate him more than what he does. Because everyone's like, oh, yeah, but he brings this energy to the team. And I'm like, okay, but, like, what do you do on the ball? Do you know what I mean? And then they'll be like, oh, he's good at this, 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 but then it needs to improve. Someone said it the other day, like, he needs to improve on his touches in the final third. And I was like, isn't that... the position he plays like isn't that his primary objective now listen i'm not going to go on to mason mount because i'm going to go off on a tangent i'm not saying he's a bad player i think he's a good player but i feel like we're just overhyping him a bit too much which chelsea fans they do that that's their star boy i guess but anyway big ups to mason mount and chelsea they look comfortable they're probably going to be in a semi-final which god knows how but there you go chelsea are probably going to be in a semi-final and uh, the other semi-final, Bayern PSG. Now, if FIFA was a game, mate, that would be it. Big ups to Mbappe coming in. Well, not even big ups to Mbappe, Neymar. I think Neymar had a better game than Mbappe. Obviously, Mbappe got the shine with the goals, but that first ball from the McQueen's goal, that's just pure Neymar. Like, Neymar at his best. Like I feel like, as I said, when it comes to the world ranking of players, there's 
Messi, Ronaldo. I'm not saying who's higher because we're not getting into that conversation. But there's Messi, Ronaldo, and then just tier just below is Neymar, and then there's world class players. I've always, I've always. That's how I kind of see it in my head. So we've got Messi, Ronaldo. We've got Neymar, who's just that tier below Messi and Ronaldo. Maybe even creeps into the Messi Ronaldo conversation if you guys want to put him up there, which I don't mind. But it's Messi, Messi Ronaldo, not in particular order because we're not having a conversation. It could be Ronaldo Messi. I'll say Ronaldo Messi just so that no one knows who I prefer. But Messi Ronaldo, Ronaldo Messi, Neymar just below, then world class players. Then you're the Bruyne's. Yeah, I was gonna say Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> then you're De Bruyne's and like your Cruises, your Modric, your those type of world class players. That's where. But I feel like Neymar's above the world. Like if we put all the world class players other than Messi, Ronaldo, I put them all in the list. You put Neymar, Neymar will be number one in my opinion. So that's why I've always said Messi, ne- Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, then world class players. But then once again, Neymar done his bits. Now, obviously, I know lower goal was missing and. Trust me when I say this, if Lewandowski was playing, I feel like that game would have been a massive story. Uh, Bayern Munich had many, many chances to finish this, put that game to bed and had way too many shots, in my opinion. Um, but they do go to the part of the France. That should be a that should be a good game. I'm not sure if Lewandowski's back. Will they do it? I don't think so. I feel like PSG looked good. I thought Poch. Oh, if Poch wins the Champions League, I'll be livid. I'll be absolutely livid if Poch wins the Champions League. But that's just my agenda. But um, yeah, big up to PSG. I thought they done really well. I thought they played well. And big up to Mbappe and Neymar. I hope they do their thing as well. Um, but yeah, next we're gonna go. I feel like Europa League, Arsenal. We'll quickly touch on Arsenal. Arsenal, you know, typical Arsenal. Um, they didn't look good at all. They looked good today, but we'll get onto that later. And uh, Man United looks comfortable in a boring game. Um, one two 0 I feel like Arsenal have to do something in Slavia, whether they or so Prague, sorry, whether they do that or not, it's up to them. Don't really care. As a Man United fan, Man United fan, I'm practically Granada didn't offer that much, and we didn't offer that much, and still one two 0 somehow. So there you go. That's much um, Europa League. Uh, Roma had a good game though. Beat Ajax two one. Dusan Tadic did miss a penalty. He should have scored it. Maybe changed the tie, but who knows? Maybe it could be Man United Roma in a Champions League semi-final. We've seen him in a quarter-final before and then we slapped him 7-1. So, who knows? Anyway, let's get on to the Premier League. Now, I think we'll do it in order. So, we'll go on um, Friday's game, Wolves-Fulham. Sorry, Fulham. I feel like you guys are going down. I love Scott Parker. I feel like he's a cool manager. I feel like he's a bit hipster. I like the way he dresses. I like the way Fulham, Fulham play football. But it's a Norwich thing. I, I think I said this before. You can play good football in the Premier League. It doesn't mean you're staying up. Norwich were playing. Do you remember when everyone was having a pookie party? When DR and all them men were playing. And look at the ball. Look at the ball Norwich are playing now because they're coming back up. You can play good football. It doesn't mean that guarantees you promotion. You need to have them gritty games. You need to learn how to just not concede. And Fulham, they concede. Like, the 90th minute winner by Adama Traore. Obviously, it was a good goal. Hit it near post. But... Games like that, you've got to win if you want to stay up. And I feel like now, after Newcastle's result, I feel like Fulham. I feel like relegation is practically done, in my opinion. You got Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham going down, which I don't really mind. Maybe I want Brighton down, but I feel like Brighton are they've got a couple games in hand over. They're six points ahead with two games in hand, so it's not the end of the world. So I really feel like Fulham are going down. So unfortunate to Scotty P. Then we go on to Saturday, and what game at the Etihad? Um, City lost to Leeds. Now it's funny. Um, for those that don't know, I don't want to say this, but for those that don't know, I, I work at all sport, right? And what we do sometimes on our show is that we will get interviews from Premier League players 
to play on the show on the weekend. And what's funny is that we had Liam Cooper, uh, who captained Leeds the other day. And I was, so I was listening into the interview, trying to get see what he was saying, previewing the Man City game. And he said when they played them at Ellen Road, is that, remember that 1-1 draw they played at Ellen Road? He said that at the first 20 minutes, we showed them way too much respect. And like this time, we're just going to go at them and go for it and blah, 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 blah. Stats say otherwise, whether they went for it. But listen, I feel like they got a result. Obviously, Liam Cooper got sent off, which is unfortunate because I, I did think it was a yellow. I didn't think it was a bad challenge. I know it was quite high. And I, but he played, he got the ball, played the ball and followed through. And I feel like if you win the ball first and you follow through, like he, that's not your fault. Do you know what I mean? If you, if he didn't win the ball, then that's a definite red. But I thought that he won the ball. He, there was no like malicious intent about it. It shouldn't have been a red, but that's VAR and VAR is just down to opinion nowadays. And the game's, game's gone in my opinion. But anyway, um, big up to Leeds and Stuart Dallas. Very, two very good goals by Stuart Dallas. Um, in regards to City, they're practically still going to win the league. Yeah, they're still going. I'm, I'm just being an optimistic United fan. They're still going to win the league. They just need to concentrate on um, on Europe, really. But it, it didn't look that good. You, can, I don't know how you have like 29 shots on target. It felt like a FIFA game. 29 shots on target. 29 shots, and, and you lose two one. But hey ho, that's football. Um, then we go on to Liverpool. Liverpool just scraped it. Trent with a 90 90th minute winner. Which then again. Very good goal from your right back. How many right backs can score goals like that? So it goes to show you that this is why we think he's one, if one of the best right backs in the world. But unfortunately, because you play a right back, you have to. Your primary option is to defend. I know that um, he's had his critics lately, and everyone's been targeting him. I feel like he's been. I feel like Trent defensively has been targeted since. Um, if, for those that don't remember, Man United played Liverpool two, three years ago not even under Solskjaer, under Mourinho. And we beat Liverpool 2-1 Al Trafford. And Rashford got both of the goals and he done Trent that day. And that's where I felt like we targeted Trent and you could tell Trent could, go, could get got at. And I feel like people have been targeting there. We saw Zaha target him. We saw um, Vinicius and Real Madrid target him. Like, it's unfortunate because I think he's a wonderful footballer and... Live, and the game has a bit of showed that with a 90th minute winner. Like, imagine your right back scoring that that type of goal. But unfortunately, you're a defender and a right back's you have to defend. If he was a right mid, no one would be questioning this, but he's not. He's a right back. So you have to have some level of defending. And right now, especially if we go into a big game in the Euros, can he defend like that? Who knows? Who who said France won't target him? Who say Germany or Portugal or any of the big teams in the Euros won't target him? And we don't need that as England. So it's unfortunate for Trent. But Liverpool, Liverpool are looking, I don't want to say they're looking decent because it is still, it's that Grealish-less Aston Villa. So it's not really that, it's not really Aston Villa that people were scared of. And at the end of the day, I feel like they're still in a top four race. Somehow. So big ups to Liverpool at the end of the day. Chelsea, good result by Chelsea. Pulisic got a brace. Havertz, Havertz could have got a hat trick in my opinion. I saw everyone was saying, "Oh, this is the Havertz we missed." Oh, we were looking for like, okay, decent first goal. Could have got a hat trick. Um, it wasn't a bad performance, but then again, it is Crystal Palace. I know, you know as a United fan, I shouldn't be saying that because we didn't beat Crystal Palace this season. But I've, I've seen Crystal Palace get spanked up seven 0 So, congratulations to Chelsea and Havertz and Tommy Tuchel for bouncing back. But um, really yeah uh now the big story of today 
<laughs> as you can see on the banner, Lionel Jesse, or I'm mean, I mean, I'm gonna even some, add some sauce in it, Lionel Hesse or Messi Lingard, whatever you want to call him. Get him on that plane because I right now he's got the best goal involvements since January in the Premier League of any other player. Obviously, he was a massive player for us in the 2018 World Cup. Why would Gareth Southgate not take him? Someone that you can trust that is back in form. He's definitely on that plane. He's probably going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. So big ups to him for reviving his career at West Ham. And I feel like, I know it's weird. West Ham are like spanking, they're scoring like three goals every game and then conceding like two or three, which they need to stop doing. But they're still getting the results at the end of the day. So I'm, right now, can West Ham do it? It looks It looks likely. It looks like Jesse Lingard is spearheading West Ham into Europe, which if he does, and then even if he goes back to United, he'll be a cult hero at West Ham. But I feel like he should stay at West Ham. I feel like he won't start at Man United only because right now he's playing as a 10 and Bruno Fernandes is our 10. So maybe it's something different, but Lingard won't want to come in and out of the bench, in and out of the team. And I don't know where we can fit him. So really and truly, I feel like Jesse's enjoying his football. You can tell confidence is everything in football. He's really enjoying his football right now. He's really enjoying life as a West Ham player. So stay there, bro, in my opinion. Stay there. Go live your life. Help us out in the Euros. Boom, boom, boom. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, big ups to Jesse Lingard. Um, what a game. What a game. What a game at uh, Old Trap. No, it wasn't at Old Trap. It was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. United come back from behind once again to win. Now, um, first of all, I feel like I need to address the VAR decision as a United. I know it might be a bit biased as a United fan, but I feel like the neutral will kind of agree with me in the sense that I don't think that was a foul. Yes, I know he hit him in the face, but it wasn't intentional. Like, he's a bigger player. McTominay's a bigger player, and he, like, he can't be limp, limbless, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's unfortunate because... This is the thing with VAR. If I something like that is minor in football, if I slow it down and evaluate it, I'm going to think about it more and more and more, and it just ruins the game. I celebrate a Cavani goal and a Pogba assist that didn't even count in the end. So it's it's I think it's pointless. And what I don't like about VAR is that there's just no clarity. Why is it? Because I'm all for technology in football. I watch other sports. I watch basketball. I watch American football. They have their own version of VAR. It's not VAR, but they use technology to make sure that their decision is correct. So I'm all for that. Why is it when it comes to VAR, there's just no clarity. There's just It's not clear and concise. It's all just based on opinion. Like I saw, I remember when um, Lindelof got manhandled and that wasn't given for, and that was and that was a goal. And then this goal got taken off. Like, have have a byline. Like there needs to be certain rules in place for VAR to just know. Okay, if they're gonna look at this, I know it's a goal. Because I was like, oh, surely they can't give that away. And then people were like, oh no, they're definitely gonna give that away. Like there's just no clarity with VAR, and that's the problem. I don't have an issue with action replay or re or instant replay or whatever type of technology in football. I'm here for it. it improves the game. And if other sports can do it, why can't football get it right? We're a global sport, and especially in the Premier League as well. We're the most watched league in the world. Why can't we get it right? Like VAR is just adding a unnecessary controversy, unnecessary nonsense to the game, and I'm, I'm not here for it. If we we need, if we're gonna do this, we need to do it properly. But anyway, as a United fan, we still didn't need it because we still beat the Spurs three-one. Brat, brat. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. Because I saw that line, well, 
I saw the lineup and I was speaking to some people, some Spurs fans today, and I said, okay, it's a big game. Obviously, we got spanked by Spurs six one at Old Trafford, so I knew, and that and that midfield we played at Old Trafford was Matic, Pogba, Fred. No, Matic, Pogba, Fernandez. So I knew that this is our big game. Oli's going to go to his big game tactic of that McFred pivot. And I was just like, oh, God, McFred pivot once again. Um, Fred didn't have a good game, but scored a goal. Um, Tommy didn't have the greatest of games either, but we got the job done. And I feel like Oli's critics or United fans that want Oli out, I feel like in games like this, we have to give up. We have to give him his credit. I know we don't like, we've had this season of the comeback kings of, of... conceding first and, and winning games. And we still uh, have this amazing w- away record so far in the league. But, like, it's just... I, I don't get it. Like, I get it in a sense. It shows resilience. And I'm happy that we have that in our locker now, that that the players know that if we p- keep playing our game, we'll end up winning this game because it's good. It's good. Like, you can prepare for the worst. But I want us to play... Like, why do we have to go one little down for us to start playing like that, to move the ball quickly? Why can't we start to dominate teams? Maybe we don't have the personnel yet. I don't know. Um, but what... I'm, and I need to... I feel like I need to talk about Paul Pogba. What man and match performance in the second half. I feel like he really took the game by the scruff of the neck. Like, that was the performance that people were asking Paul Pogba about. Greenwood got back on the goal sheet, um, on the score sheet, which was good. But the only thing, the only thing I don't like about this or what is to fit is that for a big game like this, I feel like where Pogba played today with like not that many defensive responsibilities, I feel like it worked because he could we could play through him and he was he's better attacking than defending. We all know that. We all want Pogba near in and now the opposition box like Bruno Fernandez. But how do we fit that into the team? Because the day we played him left wing, we play Pogba left wing. We play Rashford out position in right wing and it doesn't work. And then even if we, and then because we need to have that McFred dominate, McFred pivot to um, protect the defence. So where do we play? I don't want to play Pogba. And I've said this before, I don't want to play Pogba in the wing forever. We need to find a system where either we find a very good defensive, well, this is why I said we need a very good defensive midfield because... I feel like United need to make a lot of signings. I know some people are saying we need to go for harder, we need to sign a striker. I don't think the striker is the main priority. I feel like the right wing, a defensive midfielder, because a, a, a very good defensive midfielder can do the same job as Mick Fred, in my opinion. And I want to see Pogba and Bruno as attacking eight. The way the position Pogba was at today is perfect for his game because all he has to do is focus on that and can, he can maybe do box-to-box sometimes, travel in the midfield. But if we have a 30 defensive midfielder that can pick up the interceptions, do the stuff that McFred do, wants the ball, pick up the temp, dictate tempo, then we can let Pogba and Bruno do their thing and look at the game today. So I feel like a defensive midfielder is something we need desperately. Obviously, if Haaland's available and whatnot, like you can't go out on that. But this is the thing. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know who we will sign. I'm not sure why we will do it. Um, in regards to this thing, because we've seen this before. I feel like we saw this formation with Jose, with Jose, in a sense that Pogba would play out of position, and Jose would 
try and play this negative type of football. Well, I didn't even think we played negative type of football. I felt like obviously when I see McFred, when I see that McFred pivot, we played it. All our big games, we play McFred pivot. City away, like Chelsea away, PSG away, Spurs away, anyone away, or a big game like this is that McFred pivot because we don't want to lose. We don't want to lose. And then we can be like, okay, McFred pivot, and then we have four attackers, and you try and create something special for us, <laughs> which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Now, I, I saw it today, and I was thinking, oh, we can't keep doing this forever because at the end of the day, I feel like we're more than capable to start beating teams and imposing, sorry, imposing ourselves on opposition. And in a sense, it kind of reminded me of the way, I don't want to say it reminded me of Mourinho because Mourinho played. M- he was way more negative than um than Oli. And I feel like when we went a goal that not even when we went a goal down, it was after that when we scored the first one, that's when we started to look good. And then we conceded and then the second half we came out. We came out were the better team in the second half in my opinion. Kind of imposed ourselves on the game. Nice little touches. And I've got to give Oli his his um plaudits for that because he must have said something. Do you know what I mean? Like, as as people want to get onto him, that uh, there wasn't any, there's no tactics. He's a P manager, blah, 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 blah. We, like, you can watch that game and see patterns of play, especially after probably a bollocking in the second half. And you can see what he's trying to do. Where we fit Pogba into the system or whatever system we're trying to play, whether we fit Pogba or Fernandez, you need to have those people on your pitch at all times, in my opinion, and players like that. Whether whether how we how we fit that I don't know. Whether Pogba stays I don't know, but I'll look at the positives. I think it was a good result. I feel like especially after going a nil one nil down at Tottenham, it's a very good result for us. Especially the way they dealt with us at Old Trafford. I feel like it was good for the players, and you know stuff like that. You, you it's it's not bad. It's not it's not a bad it's not a bad win. You've got to take it on the chin. We we're going two new up. We're two new up going to Old Trafford against Granada on Thursday. Like it's it's Oli's we're in the right step. We're in the right direction. You know what I mean? As much as people want to say Oli out or whatever, whatever, we're in the right direction. So we have to we have to go with it. Um thoughts on Kane though. Does Harry Kane leave? I've said it time and time again. I feel like if Spurs don't get Champions League football with again with this loss, it looks less likely. Do, does Harry Kane leave? I feel like he does. I feel like he has to leave for the sake of his career. I don't want him to go outside. I feel like, well, I, I don't really care, but I don't want him to go outside. I feel like he's a, he's a good enough striker to not go outside and not have any trophies. I know they have the Carabao Cup final in two weeks' time or whatever, but that's 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 not enough in my opinion. I feel like Harry Kane is better than a Carabao Cup final. However, I've got to deep it who signs Harry Kane. Harry Redknapp said it on TalkSport today. If someone wants to sign Harry Kane off, off uh, Daniel Levy, you have to give, you have to give, give the Kings ransom. So who's going to pay that? As last episode, I said City, maybe United. I don't think United will pay that because he's got injury problems. And if you're going to pay that money for Harry Kane, you might as well slap it on Haaland. They're probably going to cost near enough the same. And if I have the choice of Harry Kane or Haaland, I'm going to go over Haaland only because longevity, age, etc., cetera, etc., cetera future planning makes sense do i see harry kane going i feel like he might force a move out if they don't get champions league football i feel like he might force a move out i feel like he believes in jose because jose is the only 
manager with like a winning mentality. Whether his players have that yet, I don't know. But it's the history of the Tottenham. So do you know what I mean? That's what that's what Tottenham do. But um let's get on to El Clasico. Real Madrid now top of the league, which is crazy because yeah, Real Madrid are top of the league now, which is crazy because I never would have expected it. I saw a stat that Messi hasn't scored in like how many El Clasicos now. Do I see Messi coming out? I don't know. But at the same time, I've got to I've got to consider that Real Madrid just looked better. It was a good goal by Benzema and Cruz, and obviously, um, who is it that scored for Barca? Well, I think Mingueza or whoever. But it's it's a weird one because I put an ex an ex footballer. I won't I won't say names. We were talking about Real Madrid and Barcelona, and well, former Spain international, and he's he only said to me. That Real Madrid, he said, when Barca and Atletico play, and when right now they have to be informed to win, to win important games, they have to be informed, they have to go with momentum. He said, Real Madrid, they could be crap the whole season and then just come because not many people thought Liverpool were favourites somehow for that Real Madrid, um, Real Madrid Liverpool tie, and even still, like with Barca, with Barcelona, people didn't expect Real Madrid to win this El Clasico. Not many people have rated Real Madrid at the moment, but now we've got to look at it and think, oh, like, Real Madrid are not too bad, you know what I mean? Um, Real Madrid are not top of the table. I think Atletico are at the moment because they're drawing 1-1, but they're only one point behind now, and it's actually quite very close in the top of La Liga. I think only, what, two points separate first, second, and third. So it's a, twi- it's, it's a tight race. If Liverpool, I mean, if Real Madrid can win La Liga and... Champions League, bigs up to them. But I feel like that's what Zidane does. Zidane knows just how to win games, bro. Do you know what it is? I don't know how he does it, but he just knows how to win games. We saw that when he free-peated the Champions League and took everyone for waste, man. That he just knows how to win games. And, like, cut competitions, big games like that, Zidane just knows how to win. don't know how he does it. We've got to respect him as a manager because he's clearly doing something right and the players are still playing for him. Cruz and Modric are still balling somehow at this age. So we've got to give him... His his um his plaudits for that, but um yeah man, La Liga's looking decent at the moment. If Atletico are not careful, they're probably going to mess up. Are they going to mess up? In my opinion, yes. But that's Atletico. Um, before that, we'll quickly get on to Arsenal before we wrap up. Um, Arsenal look good. Uh, I was speaking to an Arsenal friend after the game against Slavia, and he was like, "We need to three 0 Sheffield United for Arteta just to." be considered like still the manager going forward and I totally agree with that because as I, as you probably know I don't believe Arteta is the, the right man for Arsenal bear in mind I don't really care about Arsenal but I feel like I know Arsenal the Arsenal players are not good enough or whatever 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 but I feel like Arsenal football club should not be where they're at right now which is 10th or 11th or wherever they are right oh sorry 9th so sorry the 9th I don't think Arsenal football club should be there I don't I feel like I know I'm a firm believer of trust the process, worth to Joel Embiid. But sometimes you've got to pull a plug when you don't see any direction. And I'm sorry. If Arteta needs to win the Europa League, which I still don't think they will, but he needs to win the Europa League. Because, boy, if he doesn't, then what has he done over these past nearly... Because it's been 18 months now. It's been more than 18 months. So what has he done? The players he's brought in, if you look at that Cedric... 
Willian. Those are players that Arteta have brought in. They haven't really done much. And then you're think, and then you're looking at Arsenal and you're thinking, where is this club going? Do we still need to back him? Do we need to pull the plug and get in another re- guy to rebuild? Because Arsenal football should not be where they're at. You can't tell me Arsenal have the ninth best squad in the league. I still think they're a better team than West Ham. I still think they can beat Leicester on their day. I still think they're better than Everton. Do you know what I mean? They should be in, in near enough to top six. Near enough to top six. They should not be ninth at all. I feel like for Arsenal Football Club, ninth is poor, in my opinion. I feel like... And Arsenal fans can agree with me as well. They should not be ninth. They should be no way near ninth. But hey-ho, that's Arsenal. That's their business. But, you know, this has been another episode. Oh, no, let's quickly preview... Uh, Monday night's games in the Premier League. I think who's who's in the Premier League Monday night? Oh, it's West Brom, Southampton and Brighton, Everton. Well, this is the thing. Everton are still within this top four race somehow. So they need to win at Brighton, which I fully feel like they could only because they're not at home. And Everton seem to have a better away record than they do at home. So if they go to the Amex to win, makes the top four race much more interesting. In regards to West Brom, Southampton, maybe if West Brom win, we can kind of throw a spanner in the works in the relegation race. But I really don't see a West Brom win, in my opinion. Obviously, they look very good against Chelsea, 10-man uh, Chelsea, but I don't see them beating Southampton. But Listen, you never know Southampton. This is the same team that were top of the league for, okay, one day. But then they got spanked 9-0 again by Southampton. So you just never really know with Southampton. If I had to give predictions, I would probably say a draw West Brom Southampton and then Brighton Everton, I'd probably say a 2-1 Everton win. But we shall see. We've also got Champions League coming up uh, this week and Europa League. So catch us on next week where we will go over the Champions League and Europa League semi-finals. preview towards that and preview some FA Cup football as well. This has been another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter. My at is on the, is on the little bubble right there. Thank you for watching another episode. Peace, guys. Till next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.